Let's podcast alongside Joe Gilio. I'm Joe Ovias, not in the Eford Studios downtown Raleigh today, but always thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. Get that print assessment. Understand where your document management is helping you and where it could be hurting you when it comes to the bottom line. They can help you save money over at Copiers Plus. Now, we are not in the Eford Studios today, Joe, because we're in Charlotte for ACC tip-off. I was going to say, sometimes maybe you just have to ask the obvious questions. Yeah. It's always my goal. <laughs> when, when you do that at, with your own company, right? <laughs> yes. Copiers Plus can help you. But sometimes, you know, you're in a room with the ACC commissioner and they're kind of dancing around certain things. And we, you asked him a tremendous question. And Luke had some good questions. And, of course, David Thiel. But ultimately, I'm looking at this thing going... <laughs> You know, you added these schools for football, and they all are not good. Yes. Football. Yes. We're we're going to have a deeper conversation with Luke DeCock of the News and Observer a little bit later on, reacting to Jim Phillips's ACC tip-off address. I'm disappointed you don't have Protect the Fortress already on I, I need to work. I think my juices flow all the time. I, I do have to work on that. Uh, we'll also chat with Paul Brazo, uh, who's the Associate Poor Commissioner. Brass. For poor, basketball, poor. I know. We love that, was out of a garden hose today. Man. <laughs> that thing, or fire hose. That thing was... <laughs> and uh, we also have an ACC expansion welcome table as well. You you procured some items for today that we are going to present to guests as our ACC tip-off extravaganza rolls on, Joe. I could use a Tywin Lannister on there, too. You know, you're not nearly as clever as you think you are. <laughs> but truth of the matter is, I'm very proud of our welcome to the ACC uh items from texas texas air quotes yeah and california we've got a white wine we've got a red wine we've got uh welch's fruit chews which i call old schools mm -hmm. there, there's grape in there of course and then the almond joys leg legitimately almonds are grown in california texas pete which is from winston-salem but i, I honestly texas, think that is an amazing blend of this yeah. new acc where a texas branded thing is actually made here in north carolina and then of course the only thing we're missing is is something for sm specific to smu uh, i found some cash it did not have the smu letterhead though <laughs> as they once famously delivered their bribes to oh. or i should just say pre-nil money well i don't know be careful with that money because uh, if there's an ad around i don't know maybe if jim phillips is around they might take that cash and then florida state's gonna claim it for success purposes <laughs> gotta be careful man incentives like yes. I, i'm sorry i'm sorry three of those dollars are our I dollars have... because we are in the college football playoff discussion did Joe. you see our viewership look at look at what we're doing and and that's actually where we can start um we're, we're recording this podcast uh, I'd say about an hour after or two hours after Commissioner Phillips wrapped up his forum. It was a short forum because he had a college football playoff meeting to attend at nine o'clock. And I'm sure he'll be bumping around everything else. But I got what I needed out of Commissioner yeah. Phillips today. Uh, to your point, David Teal asked a great question to start about how what are the vibes, you know, with everybody in the conference after people were mad earlier this year? Have things calmed down? Of course, Jim Phillips wasn't going to say, oh, yeah, no, nah, man, I'm still dealing with it. He's like, no, you know, everybody, we're, you know, everything is just kind of everybody understands. We've got these success initiatives. Uh, and then you've got Luke DeCock of the News and Observer asking about, well, hey, look, all this stuff is public record. And there were several uh, schools that were not happy with this. We know that North Carolina was very vocal about the fact that they did not want um ACC expansion to add Cal, Stanford, and SMU. And to Jim Phillips's point, and we've had these conversations with former chancellor at UNC, Holden Thorpe, those weren't unanimous decisions back when they added Miami and Virginia Tech and Boston College and Pitt and the like. So I, I thought Phillips, to be fair, was right to point that out. None of these things are unanimous. However, those things did not spill out as publicly as this one did, and you can't put that toothpaste yeah. back in the tube. And that gets us to a not quite full Gilio moment where, as you said, people were dancing around this addition. He kept using words. I wrote all these things down. Yeah. Stability. He wrote and... down. The first thing he brought up was that it strengthens the ACC. Mm -hmm. um, maybe in numbers so that you can't drop below 15 and you might have a breaking of the grant of rights. He's never been more confident. Yeah. In the, in, they're now, one thing I thought was notable, he it said enriches. we're now a national conference. They're not a regional conference anymore. 
which got to my question specifically, because I wanted to circle back to that. They referenced the director's cup, which I guess matters to certain presidents and ADs. But for the purposes of expansion, nobody cares about those types of things. People ultimately care about football, which got to our, I would say, 50 percent, Julio. It wasn't 100% full Julio. No, I, you I, had a governor on for that yeah, one. But you're basically you're like I prefaced it. How did you preface it? I I said I'm at the risk of being crazy <laughs> blunt. You know, the, these three schools that you've added, is it a bug or a feature that they're not very good at football? Yeah. And that two of them really aren't interested in football. Mm-hmm. The two schools being in California. I, I don't question SMU's commitment. Obviously, they're taking no money. Um, SMU could could potentially be in the irate Gilio conference. They could be, but I they've mean, been I, at, they've been after this for twenty years. I could come out more than that. Go back to Dope Walker Fair. seventy years ago. Fair. For goodness sake. Um, and no, I mean it, you can't sit here and tell tell us that you've been proactive and that you've made these great moves. And it's like, no, you didn't. If you made a great move, it would have been the Pac-12, some sort of more expanded thought merger with pods and mm-hmm. and some other things. The truth of the matter is, the schools that they've added came at a discounted rate. And the truth of the matter is fish bait solutions fish through appropriately enough the contract with ESPN and came up with the idea of just adding schools for the sake of adding schools, which would, would increase the number of, of money for the teams who are already in the conference. If that sounds a lot like a Ponzi scheme to you, well, that's that's mm. basically by definition what it is. It is. Yes. So, you know, I, I and. I will give him this. Even David Tepper, since we're in Charlotte, is impressed at the turning around of distressed assets. I will give him this. I thought him bringing up the financial stuff, he didn't go full Pollyanna with we're adding this like out of some sort of noblesse oblige Mm -hmm. to saving Stanford and Cal, you know, the, the academic bastions that they are. At least he didn't do that. And he did mention that part of this is stability. And that was basically what this was about. The schools like Wake Forest and Pitt, and, and NC State and everyone else not named Florida State and Clemson, and to an extent Carolina, are concerned that Florida State and Clemson are going to leave the, the, this conference at the drop of a hat. And when that happens, you have to be prepared for that. If they had, if they had flat out said that, mm-hmm. which go, looking back on our conversation with John Curry from Wake Forest, is essentially what he was saying to us, just not in that many words. Yeah, you have to be a little bit more political about it. And about the proactiveness, and I think I wasn't going to ask a question from today's forum until I started hearing those buzzwords. We were proactive. We were playing offense. No, you weren't. Because if you were proactive, if you were playing offense, and as I brought up in the question to Commissioner Phillips, you know, the ACC's history of expansion has been proactive. They added Florida State because John Swafford understood where things were going. So they took Florida State in. The big, you know, what ultimately made what we now know as the ACC uh, was adding because of a weakness in the Big East and trying to go after television markets and football schools to better where the future was going with college football. Yeah, say what you want about Miami and Virginia Tech now, but at the time, at the time they were two of the hottest. Miami was the so hottest. When the window was, when, as we get further away from this, when don't insult my intelligence. When the window was there, ultimately, not when Texas and Oklahoma decided to leave for uh, the SEC. To me, it was when Colorado saw the writing on the wall with the Pac-12's television deal and got the hell out. That was when you could have tried to forge a true alliance, a true national conference, to your point, making pods and make this work. And the one one thing, again, I'll give Commissioner Phillips a lot of credit. He's right in pointing out the value of the league being one of the few conferences with its own television network. They could have leveraged that with the Pac-12, which has failed in their efforts to create their own network that they controlled And you saw what ended up happening and ultimately the disintegration of the Pac-12, ultimately being because they could not secure a good television deal, which is, again, another part of the ACC's strength. They've got this deal through 2036. The bill is coming due for ESPN on a lot of different fronts. And you're seeing this play out with the NBA. You're seeing this play out with how Fox was smart to spread their rights deal across multiple places. But you know that ESPN only has so much money when they tell the SEC We'd love for nine conference games, but we don't have any more money in the couches to give you. And the SEC, knowing that's the only leverage point they have left to get more money from ESPN, won't do it. So the bottom line with this for me is don't piss on my head and tell me it's raining with these buzzwords. You can give me the buzzwords. You can give me the talking points and the presidents and the ADs can parrot them. But that doesn't mean that we have to parrot them. That does not mean that fans have to parrot them. This business of you know, being on the offensive and two years ago, maybe we weren't here, but come on folks, the signs were there. 
all that stuff to me really just did not resonate and I had a problem with it. And here's the true proactive issue. I think we all are guilty. We, you and me in particular are guilty of thinking expansion only happens as a, a, a somebody coming in as a full member. Sure. Full financial share. Sure. Right. I think what the big 10 did, they said to, or, and I think it didn't occur to the ACC. I think what the, I think what the big 10 did was they said specifically to Oregon, Washington, who are running hot right now, mm -hmm. said to them, you can come in at a discounted rate. Like, I don't even think it occurred to the ACC to tell the Pac-12 schools that had any value. Yeah. You can come in at a discounted rate. It wasn't until the Big Ten did it that they turn around and say to Stanford and Cal, and again, I do think there was some of that academic nonsense. Of course there was. Going, they believe well, you stuff. can come in, but you're going to come in at whatever the whatever we've figured out. It's going to be two-thirds, mm -hmm. basically, of the rate. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they're giving up it's a like third. like 67% or yeah, whatever it is. two-thirds, Joe. I don't um, math. So, I, and then SMU, the, the, the outlier that is SMU, but you know, to me, it, it's the ACC has changed. When he says it's a national conference, it's changed, and we gotta. I guess we all, we all have to adjust our what we think of the ACC is supposed to be, and what the reality of it that it's going to be going forward. So uh, I forgot my luggage. Yeah, you did. I, I was That's weird. I, I had this thought. It was funny. I forgot my hair gel you, once. You forgot your hair gel, hair, hair gel once. You spent how much was that oh, organic just... hair gel at uh, Whole Foods? $28. <laughs> yeah, well, so shout out to Nada, our friend Nada. He lives in Charlotte. And, you know, to cut down on costs, I was like, hey, man, can I crash at your place? He's like, of course. That's what I did in the summertime. Yes. So, and look, maybe I was feeling a little rushed. I have no idea. I had gone to the dentist earlier in the day, went home. It's Taco Tuesday. You know, say bye to Kelly and the kids. See you all tomorrow. I get in the car. I have all the equipment. That I, Honestly, all things considered... Well, if I'm going to forget something, it clothes is easy to replace. Yeah, we got, I got all the stuff, man. I got all the stuff here, right? Yeah. So I get, I get to Nada's place at 10. 10 p. 10 p.m. And I open up the hatch to the Civic, and I realize, oh shit, I don't have my bag. I have no clothes, and I'm and I'm basically dressed like I was yesterday. I've got my what I like to call pandemic fit on okay i, got, I was gonna say we have a yellow shirt here I, for you i've got my old jeans like these jeans are just like super soft i rarely wash them because i'm a weirdo who doesn't wash jeans because i like them nice and soft i'm wearing birkenstocks i had my mickey shirt on yesterday and i've got this you know lands End jacket right and i was like what if, target's closed at 10 what the hell am i gonna do it's too late. walmart Ooh. so i hit a walmart uh, before they close at 11 o'clock. So rocking a pair of Thieves uh, white tee under this two-pack. And then I got new underwear as well. Uh, another pair of super mesh breathable underwear. Too much information. What? I'm not free balling. Would you prefer me free balling? I, I was not a turn I was prepared for. That's not all. with these jeans, by the way. <laughs> Because my ass would be hanging out because they hang on me, man. So I needed underwear. All right. Hit, the, hit the housekeeping. <laughs> I did hit the housekeeping. Do you want me to hit it again? You, you need a buffer. Cho, 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 cho. Free balling? Well, I think my juices flow all the time. <laughs> my juices flow all the time. Like you have the fortress. Like, I, that's what I tried to do. I'm protecting the boys. I got to keep them supported. All right. I think that's very relatable. Very much so. <laughs> big thanks to what a hell of an intro for a read to Hometown Realty. This is what they pay for, folks. Absolutely. I cannot get this anywhere else. Check them out <laughs> online, myhtr.com. It's funny. I, I heard a commercial for like, you know, guaranteed offers and all this other stuff. When I hear guaranteed offer, Joe, you know what I'm thinking? I'm you are leaving money on the ripped table. Off. You're leaving money yeah. on the table, man, especially when there's a lot of motivated buyers out there. And that's where the brokers of Hometown Realty come in. Myhtr.com. Very efficient. Mm -hmm. simple website and i can't even tell you how my brain works when i see that toggle in the middle of the screen buy sell you got the you got the mortgage calculator at yeah, the man. top of the screen you can tell a lot about a company by going to their website if there's bells and whistles and videos and all kinds of other noise i don't know what's going on but you make it easy for me you make it simple do you know why they can do that because they're so experienced the knowledge the new construction. I'm hammering this point for a reason. You got it. If you're new to this market in particular and you don't want to live in an older house, you want a newer house. Yeah. The experts, the team, the family at myhtr, that's how you're going to get the best possible deal. So go to myhtr, 
Com. When you go to closing, you know what you do. You shout out Whitaker and Hammer. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. Again, that's wh.lawyer. Uh, again, again, they do more than just closings, but hey, you see that synergy right there between uh, Hometown Realty and Whitaker and Hammer. Attorneys and counselors at law. You did not get a ticket on the way here, did you? Knock on. Yeah. Uh, well, you're right. The trip's not over. And we got a lot of the trip's a lot not of hockey over. left. Yeah, the so trip's not, not over. So thankfully, thankfully, we're not there yet. Thankfully. Yeah. But, you know, just you, you got to make it back. I believe in you, Joe. Otherwise, we can contact Whitaker and Hamer. That's the yes. beauty of it. And hey, of course, speaking of easy, wh.lawyer. You got easy and you got delicious. Combine those oh. two, you've got wings over. You got online ordering. Tell them when you're going to come pick up your wings. They'll be ready for you immediately. That's what I love about wings over. Raleigh, Chapel Hill, and in Greenville, Joe. So check them out. I'm so excited about this new mesquite rub. It's not new. It's new to me. <laughs> but it's like a little adventure every time. If you really just want to go and get a different flavor each time, you yeah. should, you can. I got to tell you, Joe, like so many things are expensive now. The The wing deal at Wings Over, it's one of your best bangs for your buck. I totally agree. Particularly for, you know, our situation with kids. And they, oh, but even though they're in high school, Joe, they're in middle school now. Yeah, but you try taking them somewhere and, and like seeing what they order. You know what is always a winner? always wings are always a winner so do yourself a favor go to wingsover.com order them and go pick them up and ryan malley's got you covered joining us on the heaster automotive group hotline at acc tip-off is paul brazo he's the senior associate commissioner men's basketball such a fancy title i call you the basketball guru for the acc what's up paul joe good morning it is still morning, both you guys. Great yes. to be with you today, and and great to be uh, knowing that the season is about to tip off in, I guess, 12 days now. So looking forward to it. What kind of work did you do this off season? Because I was told the ACC was at a critical mass in need of uh, public relations, in need of a punch-up. So that was your job this summer. How'd you do? What'd you do? It was critical. We put our feet up most of the days by about two Relaxed, you know, <laughs> kick back. You finally got the Wolfpack playing in Vegas for me, so that was nice. Wolfpack in Vegas, Wolfpack in San Antonio. <laughs> We've got people everywhere, so it's a. But uh, really looking forward to the start next week, and uh, you know, I think we've got some um, optimistic teams out there. Uh, so throughout, I mean, I'm, I'm being funny, but what were some of your conversations like? Because from the coaches that we've talked to last year, it was like, hey, like. What are some things that we can do? Because obviously everything with the net gets so baked in early in the season. And it's, you know, maybe sure. some of these best practice ideas that we, I think we talked about in Greensboro at the ACC tournament mm -hmm. that sometimes you have actually get some months and some time to explore some of these ideas. So I'm curious how sure. that kind of went. And, and, you know, you really look at the margin. You look at those last four in, last four out, whatever, you know, it goes, because that's where you've got to try to make a little bit of a difference. Mm -hmm. Our, our the five that get in tradition, you know, that get in every year, not not the same schools, but sure. your top five are likely to get in a tournament. And now you're trying to find ways, like, how can you get deeper? And it, it's an interesting dilemma. And I'll, I'll give you an example of things that we have talked about and looked at. Um, in our case, because we had a 15-team league, our number one team plays someone who finishes in 15th place. It just It's always going to happen that way. You take another conference, Big 12, for instance, to now, their, their first place team played a team that only finished 10th. And there's a difference between 10 and 15, and it affects the net. And the net doesn't uh, accommodate all that. The net doesn't accommodate things like home and home in non-conference play. It accommodates neutral sites because it was built to address MTEs and how we could continue to have MTEs, have them count, have them be important. Mm -hmm. MTE, what if, you mean the uh, tournament the that you play. Event, yeah. right? the, those Hawaii, Bahamas, you know, and, and, yeah. and then a million others. We now. have smart listeners, but maybe sometimes you got to add a little context over there. Multi-team events, the MTEs, multi-team <laughs> events. <laughs> but, but, but what is sort of spurred now is these neutral site one-off games. Yeah. And... and and I'm concerned about that because I don't know that that's great for the long-term health of the game or the enterprise that we can continue to take quality game, played in a neutral site, hundreds of miles from campus, and and keep the, the, the appetite of our fans up because we want to give them good games against conference folks. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, and this is, I'm not being critical, but, but Tennessee and, and, and State are going to play this year. In San Antonio. Right. That'd be a great game at either, either home place. building. A terrific game, right? Yeah. And, and get more of that. I think the college basketball needs to really look at that. And if it's a function of the net, mm-hmm. if the net is rewarding you for playing a neutral site game, win or lose, on a neutral site, because you, you, you get dinged less by losing on a neutral site than losing on a road, then we got to fix that because it shouldn't be that way. It's not good long term. You take football, how many neutral site, neutral site football games are there? At the beginning of the season. A half, but how many? A half a dozen. Yeah, just a few. If that. And if you want to count, you know, do you count Texas, Oklahoma? Is that neutral site? Not really. No, no, Florida, no, no. Georgia? No. no. But, but neutral site games in football are very, very few. And we have 12 in the ACC alone coming up this year. 12, 12. So I think those are the types of things that I'm trying to talk with my colleagues and other folks in, in college basketball about. Like, we got to look at that stuff. So you mentioned the net. Um, and I guess you're operating on assumptions with the net. Do you know how the net actually works? Are these just, are you just extrapolating information from how things have gone up and down based on how, what teams have done? Yes. Have they tweaked the net too? Like, do we, do we know the ins and outs, the, the, the mathematics behind it yet? Yes. Okay. The answer to that is yes. Yes. Does it make sense is something different. <laughs> totally different. You I know? guess that, that's a feature or bug comment, right, Joe? Is it, it a feature is. or a it's bug? A feature or bug. Yeah. The what the net uh, add to this. Okay. And I'm going to use Clemson as example. Actually, I was going to say let's talk about Clemson and Louisville, okay. man. I, I really hope there was like a, a a cage involved where people were trying to fight Louisville in the off season. Like your off season stories right now, Brass, kind of suck. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I need you to spice these things up a little bit. Like I got to think Brad Brownell was like ready to punch somebody at the coaches meeting. Yeah, and not Kevin Keats, because no, Kevin no. laid down for him. No, it's 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 all, you know, Clemson scheduled right. You? Clemson scheduled right. Had lost some games, and then those teams they played Loyola of Chicago yeah. in one of those neutral and, site annually games. Annually, one a competitive national team. Yeah. Exactly. Loyola had been in the Final Four not too long ago in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and they've been deep into the tournament. So you play Loyola, and then it. You lose, and then it all goes south because they have such a horrific year by their standards. Uh, same with their game with Cal. They played Cal and struggled. Mm-hmm. You, you know, Cal wins four games. <coughs> Excuse me. So there's some bad luck. And once you've made your schedule, as I would t- I talk to the folks on the team, once you can't apologize for your schedule after it's made, yeah. if it was made with good intention. Yeah, of course. And, and Clemson's was. All right, so uh, ACC expansion, we're adding Cal, Stanford, and SMU. Uh, the ACC tournament is only announced through this upcoming season, going back to D.C. Love uh, it in D.C. It's a great, I'm a big fan of D.C. I'm really DC's glad. my favorite. It, it, going back to D.C. is, is going to be a lot of fun. But. I'm guessing when the news came through that these three schools are being added, it kind of throws into the mix what you might have been planning to do for the ACC tournament going forward and future sites. It, it does add to the mix. We have some commitments with the state of North Carolina that, that are public, That's how you got that office, yeah. You know, and so, so we have some things to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, if, the, if the tournaments should all be, not all, but for the, for the immediate future, you know, they're Eastern... East Coast, North Carolina based or East Coast based, you've got some challenges schedule wise mm-hmm. to make sure that Cal and Stanford, for instance, finish the season in the East. Finish the season right. with a game here right. because they're going to go from Saturday to the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a normal situation. So there's a lot of nuances now that, that get well know, put into the mix. Are you going to invite everybody? I think that's to be determined. As uh, that didn't sound like it from Commissioner Phillips's response. That sounds like that's a lot. That's a lot it's to a lot. handle. It's in a terms huge of- departure, but probably a welcome one. It's eighteen, an eighteen-team bracket, mm-hmm. still protecting our f- top four teams by giving them buys to the quarters, and which I think is important. We want to do that. You, you want to give your best teams over the course of the season a good opportunity in the NCAA tournament so you still want to protect that that would require if it was 18 teams it would require adding a day on the front end okay 
um, which which may or may not make sense. Ah, go back to eight. Yeah, that would be no or no. Give eight. me nine. No, give, no, me no, invi- no, no, give me the no. invitation. We have to, we ha- everything is out the window now. Give me the invitation. Paul, let's do an in season tournament. Okay. Lay out the logistics for me. I want one. Yeah, I, am, I am wide open. We do it right after Christmas. Tell me how we would do it. Bring back the Big Four tournament that used to happen okay, over in Greensboro. We got 14 others. So or, we got the Big Four. Or, no, get, to or, two, get two different ones. You get two different ones. You could do, you know, you can't get Madison Square Garden when the Big East tournament is there. But why don't you do an in-season tournament where you put all the old Big East teams together and the old ACC teams together, and you have this, like, festival of basketball. I mean, it, it, look, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being somewhat facetious, but also understanding that college basketball has a has a visibility issue. Mm-hmm. And I know that the commissioner talked about chasing success versus dollars, but money does matter. And I feel like these are television opportunities for the ACC that you have to think outside the box to get basketball front and center for fans. Sure. But it's good. not my job nope. to put it together. It's nope. your job to put it together. These, so how things, you do that? these things are all in the in the on the wall on the on the on the sure. whiteboard or whatever sure. we, we have sent up. But there's a lot of things involved. Logistics, mm-hmm. taking taking game. We just talked about taking games off campus, away from your home crowd again. Take it out of your season ticket package. So your fans, uh, your local fans, like man, I'd really like to see that game. Well, you know what? I got to go to Brooklyn, <laughs> or I got to go to Chicago, or I got to right. go to San Francisco to see it. I right. Mean, Right. We got, we got to balance all that. Okay. And then we, we have these things called exams in December. Okay. Oh, I always skip those. You know, as you can tell, <laughs> as you can tell. But but there's a period of time, it, and it runs, if you take the collective 15, soon to be 18 schools, the collective length of the exam period, since they aren't all the same, it's about 18 days from the first exam at school A to the last yeah, your exam. your December schedule is tough, man. So it's really hard to... Okay. To do that. But listen, I've looked at the, the NBA in-season tournament that they're going to try this year. Yeah. And, and they, they've mapped it out. that They play basically it's World Cup style, play some pods and then yeah. advance some pods. They're going to advance them all to, a, to, to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that in advance. You know the, the hotel situation. You know the plane situation, the travel. It's all laid out in advance. For us to do that, it's doing another tournament. Um, so, the things to look at, okay. um, you know, and, and discuss and, and see what might be better if there are some things better out there. But I would still like to get the Tennessee game back in, in PNC. Yeah, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you on that of, of getting more of those games at home in front of the crowds because that's what makes college basketball special. It's those home crowds. It's the it's the it's the vibes, if you will, that that come out of that. Paul Brazo, uh, he is the commissioner for basketball in the ACC. I think that wraps it up, Joe. Do you want to give him some of the care package? Uh, yeah, you, you have choices here. First of all, you're getting a T-shirt for sure. Obvious and Gilio. No five one, stars. No one more lucky here than me. Today, Positive vibes. Mm-hmm. So you, you've you've as a conference, you've collectively decided to add teams from Texas and California. Mm-hmm. Have a nice white here. <laughs> from California. Okay. have a nice red here from California, the green fin. Texas Pete actually from Winston-Salem, but says Texas. <laughs> I understand. It really is a marriage of so the new ACC. It is a marriage of the new ACC. Welch's, I think, is a New York company, but these are grape-flavored. Grape, California. I got it. And then Almond Joy Almond. Almonds are definitely a California product. And finally, there's cash on the table because that's how SMU got into the league. Wow. So your choices. You have plenty of choices. What would you like? Oh, uh, you know. You want the cash? <laughs> you got those Ben Franklins. Hey, man, let's go. <laughs> those those let's go. I like it. Yeah, we got we got nothing but the It's not the Benjamins, baby. Here comes the, the generals. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we I'll leave it for all the coaches you're going to have first. And what they okay. don't take at the end, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be glad. So you don't, have to, you don't have to transport it back on your private jet. Oh, no, that's good. someone has to you like my, up and my, my Sherpa tactics <laughs> over here. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of the coaches. It's not going to be the same without Jim Beheim, is it? I was going to say, your guy's not here. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's May when you stop and think about it. Because we, we've all been, you and, and, and all of us, we've been working together for a while. Yeah, yeah. And we had, you know, it wasn't too long ago we had the four Hall of Fame guys in at, in this setting. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're taking, but, you know, when... But Jim and, and Rick and, and Coach K and, and Roy, and, yeah. and it's changed over. And it's, it's, I'm really thrilled for the, 
those schools as some their alum successor, you know, with mm-hmm. Adrian and, and Hubert and John Shire and, and Kenny at Louisville. You know, it's it's kind of a neat thing. We'll see. I hope you know we want everybody to be successful. So which means- this is a quiz I'm going to ask everybody who sits down, all the coaches who sit down today. So you're the first one. Jim Beheim started as an assistant coach at Syracuse in 1969. Do you know the Billboard Hot 100 year-end number one song of 1969? Uh, I do not. Surprisingly. Do you have a guess? Do you have a guess? Petulia Clark. I don't know. Petulia Clark. My dad loves (laughs) Petulia. Downtown. It was actually... Don't have to... I want to guess. You want to guess? I don't know the answer yet. Well, well, let me think. 1969. 1969. The Mets won. Yes, they did. So the Jets. It's yeah. the last time either yeah. one of them were. <laughs> Wait, well, not to give too much away, how old were you in 1969? You were, I wasn't born. You weren't born yet? Stop. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. I was 10 years away from being born. Stop. I was a baby. Yes. But were. the music charts were weird, so it wasn't like what you thought it should be. No, usually it was novelty hits. So like it's, yeah. Three Dog one. Night. No. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. No. You know, the no. Beatles had been through Surprisingly the, the, the not. Rolling no. Stones. Is, yeah. it, is there a Diana Ross like Rolling love Stones, Honky Tonk Women was number three on the year-end chart. Ooh. No, no, Diana Ross, bow, power ballad. No, um, no. So let's let's get back to he mentioned Jim Beheim. Yes. So Weiner, Syracuse, Syracuse, <laughs> orange. I don't know. Some, some people zone, zoned out. Twilight Zone. Some, some people might put this on an orange. Toothpick. Sun kiss. Uh, no. Let's put this see. on an orange. Sugar. Sugar, sugar. Who sang that song? The Archies. The Archies. Archies. The Archies. Archie Miller, back to NC State. Fifth Dimension, Age of Aquarius was number two. How about that? <laughs> Let the sun shine in. How about that? Paul, we appreciate the time as always. Enjoyed it, guys. Good to see you. Big thanks to Paul Barrazzo, uh, Associate Commissioner of the ACC, Mr. Basketball for hanging out with us here on Ovias and Gilio. And big thanks to Matt Davis, State Farm. Check him out online at insuregarner.com, voginsurance.com. Call him directly at 919-779-8277. And you talk to a real person, a real person who has a, a cul-de-sac where he does awesome uh, events to raise uh, raise money with the Ring of Fire. It's yes. all about the community, Joe. Yeah. Um, still trying to recover here because it was such a great event. Great food, raised more than $20,000 for the community of hope. Matt can help you save money. And the best thing to do is to call him. And I appreciate everyone out there who has, because that was the that was the feedback I got on, on Saturday. And mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was a great moment. I believe we have smart listeners. We do. We have a I great, love that. We have a great audience, a, a realistic audience, I believe is the word. <laughs> totally realistic. So yeah, give him a call. 919-779-8277. Also, big thanks to Homefield. Check them out online at homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23. It's funny seeing all these logos. You mentioned this as you're seeing players walk around at ACC tip-off. You feel like you're in an ESPN commercial. Yeah, it's weird. They're like actually in uniform, and normally they're not. So, And I do. I always enjoy some of the cool like throwback uni, or throwback logos. Like Louisville has a, a pretty fun one with the bird, with the yes. rim and everything else. They have all those throwbacks at Homefield, so go check them out, homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23. And big thanks to Graffiti. Every time we talk about the Carolina Panthers, it's brought to you by Graffiti. Uh, check them out in downtown Cary. Tuesdays, break-even night. Sundays with the Panthers back in action against the Houston uh, Houston Texans. The Graffiti crew has some great bourbon specials as well. A bunch of TVs to watch the other games because you might want to watch the other games because, folks, uh, I'm, I'm worried. You know me. I listen to sports talk radio in other markets. Yeah. And I was listening to WFNZ on the way in. Two quick thoughts. Okay. The first one, I know the Carolina Hurricanes have arrived when it's actually being discussed on on the Mac attack with Mac and Bone. That okay. struggling. The Panthers are below 500, I think, for the first time since 2017. Hurricanes, 2018. What did I say? You said the Panthers. Why did I said, say the Panthers? The Panthers have been under 500 a bunch. <laughs> you're you're confuzzled. It's, it's fine. Said, hey, look, as long as there's not a Sam or a whatever. I feel like we cleared that hurdle finally. because they all left the league at this yeah. point. Regardless, they were talking about the Hurricanes, and they were like, what is going Like a legitimate sports talk Charlotte 
conversation about the hurricanes that hasn't like i can't remember the last time that has happened but that is a testament to what rod brindamore and the carolina hurricanes have done since he's taken over and the expectations there which i think speaks to some of the freak out that's taking place goaltending's been bad defense has been a work in progress um, and you've also had some of the injury bug, but I also the, mo- the mojo is off. They're pro- they are a process team. Yes. There's, there's something wrong with them and their system defensively right now. Uh, yes, the goaltending could could be better, but the mm-hmm. number of penalties, I think you're seeing the frustration uh, from the players, the number of power play and penalty kill situations that they're in. And you know, the truth of the matter is, we've talked about this a lot, and, and we talked a lot about it a lot last year at this event for North Carolina basketball. Mm-hmm. Where year one ends, that is not where year two begins. Mm -hmm. And there's no such thing as momentum from the end of one season to the other. And hockey in particular, just watching the game again last night, watching them lose to Tampa. Because it was on at a decent time for And it was. Just watching the game. and (laughs) Playoff hockey is played at such a high freaking level. Mm -hmm. The puck possession. Uh, the way that it's valued in the zone, it's, it's just a complete, it's almost like a completely different game than what you're watching right now. And you can't just, again, you can't just snap your finger and be like, okay, let's get back into that mode no. of where we've been. Now, the great thing about Rod and what they've done, no, no matter who's in the lineup, they figured out a way to play their style, play their system. What they're not doing right now is playing their style and playing their system, and that's what's hurting them. They're getting out of character, out of sorts. The last time they were under 500, under Rod Brindamore, November 6th, 2018. They were 6-7-2 and two mm-hmm. after they lost five straight games. Uh, pretty similar, but it was one of those road trips, and, and this is another one of those road trips where you thought they had kind of become immune to this type of stuff, but it's a good reminder. You know, sometimes you add guys, uh, Dimitri Orlov, you bring back Tony D'Angelo. It's not exactly the same team. No. And there, there is a process to be honored there. I'm not saying they, they shirked their responsibility in the offseason or they're not physically ready or any of that stuff. But it's a, it's a, it is a everyday mindset mm-hmm. mode, and clearly they're not in it. I think the defense will sort itself out. They're too good defensively for these issues to continue, and there will be a sorting out of sorts with Dmitry Orlov and what he's trying to bring to the table and some tinkering. And this is why I think last week when we talked to Luke DeCock about this and I asked him, why is Jalen Chatfield the seventh defenseman? If you think based on what Jalen Chatfield has given you in the postseason at the end of last year, you want to keep that momentum going with the pairing you think is actually going to be the one that's going to work itself out once you get to that crunch time. So go ahead and work on it now. Again, I think it'll sort itself out. I think the goaltending will sort itself yeah. out. Um, you have those three goalies for a reason. You can sustain Freddie Anderson being out. You can sustain Ranta if something happens to him. You've got Kochekov. They all played about a third of the season last year. Again, that'll work itself out. There's two main concerns for the Carolina Hurricanes in the regular season that it's what you want to make of it. The first one's completely out of your control. That's injuries. All right. They've been dealing with some quirkiness. I know that Rod Brindamore addressed it with, hey, I think he's like, yeah, when you look at the amount of money from the salary cap that's out of the lineup right now, you can see some of these issues. That'll work itself out. The one thing that I'm curious about and it goes back to what we asked Rod Brindamore before the start of the season. When I said about mindset, it's a slog, man. Every team goes through these dips, including the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. The Hurricanes in previous years have Typically seen those dips at the, end of the season. at the end of the season, where it's like, look, man, we're, we did what we were supposed to do. We Let's just get to the playoffs and do this thing. But this is the nuance here. This is the new thing for the Hurricanes, where they're going through this can you put yourself in the right mental space from the jump? That has to be roasting behind. It has to be roasting Rod Burnamore to no end that they're at this point now. But who knows? Maybe they get it out of their system right now. And, uh, you know, the light bulb will go on. They'll go into that process. They'll go into that mentality uh, that I don't pretend to understand or know. I just understand that it can be a it can be a grind. It's just weird to see it happening for the team right now because they usually come out of the gate hot and. Once they get back home here for two games, Thursday, Friday, I, I, you know, things can change from there as well. I, I think obviously it's a, it's a very early to panic, but it's also very early to just dismiss it and say, oh, it, it's because they were on the road or, yeah. oh, because it's the injuries. No, th- this is a team that has to play a very particular way, and they haven't. Quite frankly, they just haven't. Mm-hmm. 
Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, columnist, news and observer, he is Luke DeCock. I f- weren't we just doing this at an ACC event? Feels like yesterday when there were still 15 schools in the league. And that they 14.2, And sorry. they weren't chasing money? No, they were chasing success. Yeah, I was really thrown off by uh, the commissioner's uh, press conference today. And I guess I threw the commissioner off by asking him about being proactive. I'm not the first one who has brought this up to Commissioner no. Phillips. So I was a little thrown off by the fact that he had no answer to why didn't you see the signs two years ago, even last summer with Colorado yep. leaving, to be on the offensive. Because that, that was probably the most insulting part to me. The idea, as I jotted down, he said, oh, you know, we had to get on the offensive. That was not the offensive. No. You either get on the offensive or you don't. We were proactive. No, no you were not. It was reactive. reactive. And now we have to stomach things like, ah, the director's cup, and it enriches the conference. Yeah, and because ESPN's paying for swimming and field hockey. Yeah, I just, I didn't, I didn't like today. I didn't like uh, Here's what I didn't, I'm sorry, I'll say this real quick. Here's what I didn't like. My, not gotcha question, but the question I legitimately wanted an answer to is, you stood in front of us three months ago and said one of the presidents said to me and I thought this was a great question we're not chasing are we chasing revenue or are we chasing success and then you went out and let's let's be face it they added three schools willing to take no money so they could keep the the money Mm -hmm. and they're not look no one adds SMU Stanford and Cal because you're chasing success right you're adding three irrelevant football schools you're adding three irrelevant basketball schools Uh, so clearly you're chasing money and then he had stood up there today and asked that same question like we're all going to say yes yes that's very <laughs> very good point you're not chasing revenue you're chasing like it was like felt almost insulting like it, it insulting all of our intelligence that yes. we were going to buy that um yeah no i thought you know the 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 first two questions from david teal and then me were teal's question sort of hinted at the idea that there may be some restless members now mm-hmm. and i said well screw it let's flat out ask it we've got texts talking about you know people texting randy woodson and the commissioner and all these people talking about florida state going independent and where are the carolina and virginia gonna go and all that like you you push this through over the objections of three of your most important brands mm-hmm. and then you have the gall to stand up there and talk about how the you've done this for strength and security no you we went to 18 like this stability eight, was the word stability, that I thank, wrote down thank you stability i was like 80s after this got passed we're talking about how we had to add schools in case we lose schools yeah yeah that's not stability that's panic I agree. Yeah, I, we're, the problem is the three of us the, the are on the same us, page. The three of us are on the same page. We're, we're just having going. a Twitter, Twitter echo chamber. Yeah, we really are. Right we, we really are in our it's, little bubble yeah, you don't, right you now. Need a, yeah, you need a kind of But the thing is, there's the, only, the only other voice that would be here would be the commissioner himself and maybe a college president who truly believes in this stuff. But even I don't think that the, the presidents who are, I think to your point, and the numbers game is the thing that ultimately what matters here. If you feel that you don't have a seat at the table at whatever happens next to the next five years, then yes, you're going to be on board with that. But you can't say that out loud. You can't sit here and go, yeah, man, we know the ACC is about to disintegrate. So we might as well position ourselves to be fine. Yeah. That's where Wake Forest is. And, and, and the part we talked about this at football, we've talked about this ever since. The, the complete abandonment of the idea that there's strength in the grant of rights. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. A year ago, we were talking about how, hey, you know, we're in great shape. We've got the grant of rights. Nobody's leaving. We're all in this for together. And now it's like nothing's changed. Nobody's figured out a way around the grant of rights yet, although Florida State may be close. Nobody's done it yet. But now we're all acting like, oh, everybody's going to, you know, yeah. like a year ago, 2036 was this big deadline. And now it's like everyone's like, what was that? I don't know. What was this something over here? And now, like, it's just I, I, I I've been. <laughs> When he said they're a national conference, what the? That's when I was like, okay. I, I think we're all so we're part of a generation, and, and all, no, obviously none of us are here, so none, or none of us grew up here, so none of us like have these warm and soft fuzzies about um, the VCR and the and the you know the rolling it. Yeah, rolling, the three of yeah, us. Yeah, not us. Yeah, not yeah, we us. never we but, never did that. But we understand what has kind of made this market unique and what has made this yeah. conference unique. And for them, and I get it, Louisville and Pitt and all these other moves. Yeah. But at least I could still kind of reach out on a map and see it. Yeah. Like, for them to just flat out to say today, like, we're, no, we're a national conference now. I was like, okay. But I think we all just kind of have to square that. Yeah, no. Like this I, whole I, thing I, has changed. Mm-hmm. And it, it, to your point about messaging, if he just comes up there and even, if he even used, you could still you say stability, but just say, hey, 
this is in our best financial interest. We yeah. added these schools at a discounted rate. We changed our financial revenue because remember that was a big deal too. Yeah, it was yeah. All, it was all the three musketeers forever. This league was always that. Yeah, mm-hmm. all yeah. for one, one for all. And now it's basically Rising like, tide lifts all boats. Hey, um, cool. Let's uh, let's bring SMU on for for nothing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's, I just want to be at the party. I think you know Joe and I, I, maybe all three of us have used the phrase Ponzi scheme to describe this expansion. But that's what it is. You're taking money. Yeah. That is not going to be. You're taking new money and giving it to people as like, but it, that's not going to last forever because no, you've added not. three new people. You just yes, yes you're <laughs> adding to your network, especially when the bill downline. Which is another aspect of this. With oh, we talked to ESPN. I forgot who it was that asked about yeah. the pro rata. I think it was. Murphy. I think it was Brad Murphy, our friend Brad Murphy, who asked that question. Was, uh, poor Brad. Poor, 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 poor Brad. Brad Murphy. Is that Murphy? What is Murph. what is uh, well, with Jeff? Jeff, Jeff Graham. With Jeffrey with Jeff, Graham. Yes, yes. Little, little Jeffrey Graham. R- regardless, the NBA negotiation window for their next television deal has actually gone to market or it's yeah. going to go to market yeah. as ESPN and Turner have indicated, yeah, we don't want the full rights package anymore. When the last time the NBA did that, it never went to market because they saw the value in the inventory sport. But now as everybody's drawing back and they're being much more judicious with its money, the spin zone has kicked in. Well, oh, the tech companies are going to come in. And yeah. I'm really at a loss. I'm really at a loss of which tech company outside of Amazon really wants to sink the amount of money the NBA wants, which gets us back to the grant of rights, which gets us back to what does the ACC expect their money to look like in a couple years when they go back to the table? Because we don't know what television is going to look like by the time no. we get to 2030. It's it's all very up in the air. So let's talk about basketball. There's five. <laughs> I just want to point out before we move on from television revenue, yes. the idea that anyone with a straight face in 2023 talks about adding households as a benefit. Yeah, he did say market. He which said market threw which me off a little bit. That's a, was, that is a 2015 talking. I point. mean, it's like have you like. Right, anyway, yeah, maybe he meant it as a recruiting market. No, no, he, no. I didn't. He, I thought maybe even the word household was in there. Uh, so no, household was in there. Oh, because he did say that they have a challenge ahead of getting ACC network, network. carriage. Like, who yes. cares? Yeah. The, the carriage is irrelevant happen. in 2020. Anyway, yes, yeah, sorry. Well, that, that's that's how we end up with uh, full Jillio. Maybe, maybe we just open this up now. Fe- feature, <laughs> feature, <laughs> feature, not a feature, not a bug. I wasn't full Jillio. I mean, I wink and nod. I, I didn't go. Oh, I, I wasn't. I didn't go ham. I just he and I. Even told Amy, Nicola, like Amy, this is. There is. I'm sorry. Right, we here gotta it comes. Do, we got to do this. So there's five storylines with the ACC. Okay, five, uh, three of them for hoops. Five storylines. Five storylines. So let's get to this. What's going on over here? What do you, you guys act like? I don't prep. Not no, 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 no. Storylines. Five storylines. All right, let's. Hit so, it. You know what? I think I think Start I'm getting up. I think I'm getting some NNO through osmosis. I'm like actually <laughs> coming up with your listicles with listicles <laughs> and ASFs. Shout out to Frank Desenzo. I'm going to do a noted. I'm going to do a noted piece here. I am wearing the Cashmere in honor of Frank DeSenza. <laughs> all right, let's start. Right, with the, the five storylines, three of them are local. North Carolina, all eyes on UNC. They've already started the talking point that all of last year was a Caleb Love problem. And I'm thinking, you better be freaking right about it yeah. being one guy. Otherwise, it's going to get... I feel like toxic is too strong of words, so I'm going to give a shout-out to Mitch. He said salty. It's going to get yeah. salty really quick in Chapel Hill if it doesn't pan out. And a lot of what North Carolina is banking on is a roster construction. I know you wrote about a particular level of edge sandpaper in the News and Observer. But I think the underrated story is Elliot Cadeau and whether or not he can run this offense the way they want it to run as a 19-year-old reclassified freshman. I I think he has the advantage of being surrounded by veteran players as opposed to throwing him in with guys who don't necessarily know what they're doing. But, yeah. I, here to me, this is the litmus test season for Hubert. Mm-hmm. Hundred, you know, beyond any of the because. All right, so now you have a point guard that you recruited and is on your wavelength, and you've got the players that you want now. You know, these are with Caleb Love gone. He hasn't, and he's kept RJ and Armando's still here. He may have inherited those players from Roy, but now he's 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 put his stamp of approval on them because mm-hmm. obviously yeah, if he play, didn't like them they, they, they would have been run here. off already right yeah. so so this is his his group his team his point guard it's going to be his system um if you know this to me is a almost a referendum season there that said i think he's got advantages he didn't have including a point guard who's really a pass first point guard which they have let's face it, they haven't had i mean haven't had davis one. wants to shoot caleb my right. issue with unc or, or my diagnosis of unc the last couple of years has not been that it's a caleb love problem because i think it's always a little 
uh, facile to pin everything on one guy. Um, but it's a Caleb Love problem and an R.J. Davis problem and a Brady Manic problem. And uh, who was the guy last year who spoke? Pete Nance, Pete Nance. problem. Wow, um, we quickly forgot Pete Nance. Pete huh? Nance, yeah. Well, he's lucky, lucky he was at Carolina and not in the NBA. Um, it was a too many guys who need the ball yeah. problem. I think you now you have a point guard who doesn't necessarily need to shoot all the time. Now he can pass the ball to RJ, and there's not going to be that competition Maybe for shots. Maybe speed that thing up, too. Maybe speed up the Carolina oh, whoa, 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 offense. Whoa, whoa. Sorry, like, yeah, I thought you, you know, split that thing up. Yes, one yes, of the yes, things yes. that I haven't seen from Carolina is this hubris yeah. identity. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, with football and, and the Carolina Panthers and what's their identity. You know, for Carolina, we never had to guess, right. ever. And, and part of that is a function of having the point guard. Yes. So it's interesting, you know, you know who my one Carolina source is. It's not Roy. Um, <laughs> and Cadeau, they like Cadeau. They like Cadeau. Yeah. They love Harrison Ingram. They yeah, love so Harrison you, you, Ingram. And you got some versatile guys who can run. Yeah. Harrison Ingram's a bigger guy. He can move. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you you can know, move it around a little bit, he too. He can pass. He's, yeah. I, I think that's a real... I think, I'll just say it, we're amongst friends. Carolina had a Clemson problem, which is a loft problem. A lack of fucking talent last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Baycott is a good garbage man, but he is not a guy you dump it into and go, go get me a basket. He's a guy you go, Brady Manick, go get a basket. And if Brady misses... Swoop, you know, how back many in. times yeah. did we see that we saw it all the time. on that yeah. run yeah. to their not national championship? I mean, that was it was impressive what they had done, and, and how. And last year it was like, well, no, we got Baycott back, and he's going to get it. We're going to run everything through him. No, no, even Tyler Hansborough, who is the was the lead or still is the leading scorer in ACC history. They never ran anything for Tyler. No, he just went and got everything. <laughs> it was like you know. But so you talk about identity, like what when I think of UNC's identity, I think of. You know, a team that's you know, Roy waving them up the court yeah. every single time. Yes. For fast rebounding, break, second rebounding, secondary break. The backboards, gonna got to win on the backboards, mm-hmm. um, and then a lineup that is a point guard who can move the ball and really scoot, two shooters on the wings, two back to the basket big men down low banging for the ball and controlling the controlling the backboards. And yeah, sometimes they had a guy like Tyler Zeller who you could throw the ball into and he would go score. Sometimes it was like Tyler Hansborough, a guy who was going to rebound and get his points that and way. Jameson, still my favorite. Yeah, so that, but you knew what you were going to get. And you knew when Roy had all those pieces, they were going to be good. And when he didn't, like in 2013 or 2014, you know, before Marcus and, and Joel Berry really kind of took that over, uh, you knew they weren't going to be that good. You know, when they're just kind of hoping that P.J. Harrison and Reggie Bullock get hot. That's kind of what 2022 was. Yeah. Let's hope these guys. Well, they did. Everyone got hot at the same time. And next thing you know, you're playing Kansas for the national title and ending K's career and all that stuff. So um, I'm curious. What but it are, hasn't been the same from that second half on. No, it hasn't. And we don't know what Hubert's version of that is going to be. Clearly, it's not going to have two back to the basket big men. It's 2023. Yeah, no one's going to do that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, Roy's failure to adapt there is probably one of the reasons why they struggled a little bit at the end of his tenure. But I do think we're going to see this season with Ingram as a more versatile kind of roaming four. Yeah. Um, and Baycott maybe as a more traditional UNC five. We're going to get a better sense of, you know, is this what he envisions? It? These are his guys. So if it's going to work, it's going to work with It'll these work guys. this year. And then well, speaking of guys, I feel like John Shire has all the guys. Like I was surprised by the level of guys who ended up coming back. We were at the media day where they let us watch like 15 minutes of practice. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. There's, you know, there's Filipowski. When's, there's Pro- when's the last time you saw Duke in October and knew who everybody was? I, I, it was strange. So, yeah. but they've got this talented group of freshmen too and Mike I mean look John already did a good job of getting everybody to understand roles last year mm-hmm. he could roll out different lineups they found different ways to win I think everybody was on the same page but can you do that again with a new crop of freshmen who might with, with some expectations this time around too. Yeah. yeah so that's no. gonna be really curious at Duke with how they more roster management for John Shire yeah I, I, I my guess is of the freshmen only Jared McCain ends up playing a lot mm-hmm. I think mostly it's gonna be the veteran guys I my question with Duke is I think they're gonna be able to shoot the ball I think they've figured out how Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor can play together mm-hmm. without necessarily sort of position designations. But, you know, basically with Proctor as the point guard They're and winners, Roach as a Luke. Kyle Singler's position is winner, one of my favorite K quotes of all time. Um, and then it's just really a question for them of in a league that still has a lot of big guys, right? Baycott, PJ Hall, DJ Burns. There's still a lot of beef in this league. Mm-hmm. How does Kyle Filipowski hold up without a Derek Lively? Like, Ryan Young is 
is obviously functional and, and can do some of that, but he also tends to foul out and, you know, he's not the most mobile. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a good part. He's a very useful player. Very, very good part. But that, that I just wonder the a guy who had hip surgery, mm-hmm. you know, the guy who didn't put on, doesn't look like he put on a ton of weight this offseason, which you get if you're rehabbing a hip surgery, you're probably <laughs> not going to be spending a lot of time yeah, too doing, busy, too doing busy squats. Po- too busy podcasting, too. Yeah, a lot of podcasting, a lot of school projects. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, I just I just wonder how he's going to hold up over the course of the season. I do think they'll be, I mean, I, I, had, I voted them number one because you don't see Duke teams no. with this level of continuity, experience, and talent I mean, honestly, I you know the, I'm waiting for Ken Palm's official numbers, but I ran them myself. In terms of minute continuity, this is the most together Duke group returning since 2009, and that was the core of a of a veteran national title team, the last veteran national title team that Duke had. I know DJ Burns is back at NC State. He is, but after, and I just saw him walking around. Doesn't have a boot on his foot. Well, after That's that, good. though, like I'm not gonna lie, man. I, Oh, State? Who, who Casey Morsell. Okay. Yeah. Yeah? They got new guys. New guys? Yeah. Another the the Butler you, guy. You talk about not knowing Horn. who Duke's players are in October. I don't, like, honestly, like, I was like, thank you for reminding me about Casey Morsell because yeah. it was very much like, uh, but that's basketball now, man. It is basketball now. It's basketball. Um, everybody in the triangle, every team in the triangle has a Stanford, Stanford. transfer. Yeah. I think that's my favorite. <laughs> I think that's favorite. part of the ACC expansion deal. It is. Yeah. Well, I, and, you know, they're trying to get, DJ everybody's Horn. trying yeah. to get SMU transfers. Um, Except there aren't any. Uh, All right, two two other quick uh, storylines yes. then. More storylines? There's five to More, five. We, we've we've gone through this three. Out. It's fine. <laughs> one bit ACC. Two bit Ivy, one bit ABC. I was ACC. listening. I was listening to Ion College basketball on the drive here last night, and Gary Parish and Matt Norlander were like, you know, is the ACC going to be better than seventh and Ken Palm and all this other stuff? It's like, at first I want to shake my head, but then I realize, well, wait a minute. The bottom of the league might again might again be bad, like like atrociously bad to the point oh. where it's going to feed bad numbers. I'm, I don't know what Louisville's going to do. I don't know what's going to happen with Damon Stoudemire, Georgia Tech. I don't know what's going to happen I'm with Notre Dame. I'm not shaking my head at the question. I'm shaking my head. No, it's not going to be better than it's seven not. again, Palm. It's not. Notre Dame is going to be epically bad. I think Louisville will be a little bit better. Let's hope so. I mean, it can't be I mean, much can't worse, be worse than last year, uh, right? Things can always get worse. But, yes, um, uh, I think Boston College, I really like what Earl Grant's doing at Boston College. Sure. I don't know if it's going to work, but I like. I see what he's doing with that program. It's got, talk about identity. I, I feel like BC has an identity. Is that good enough to win 16 games? I don't know. But, I, yeah, the and and how good is the top going to be, right? I think Duke's really good. I think Carolina's got a chance to be really good. I think Miami's going to be a, in eventually a top 25 caliber team. <laughs> Virginia, I mean, is the Virginia moment over? I, I, have the, national I have them fourth contender. in the ACC. Yeah. No, like now I don't I think, think it's over. I think, I think we're th- starting to talk, though, about is Virginia right now, is Virginia a bubble NCAA tournament team right now? Okay. Is Clemson a bubble NCAA tournament? Like, who are, so how does the ACC get to six bits? Virginia Tech? NC State? Like, now you're now you're making leaps of faith. Four to five bit ACC, I think that's that's very realistic. And lastly, we don't have Jim Beheim anymore. We don't have Coach K. We don't have Roy. We don't have Mike Bray. We don't have Pastner. We don't have Pastner. Is Jim Laranaga like the last fun coach? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, yeah, I'm not trying to be a homer here, but I, I think Kevin Keats will sit down and mess around with you guys a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, he'll, 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 he'll mess with Joe. I, yeah. I get that part. I don't know. I just It's kind of a weird... I definitely Forbes is Forbes Forbes is great. Okay, Steve Forbes is great. Yeah, Yeah. Um, he needs to protect Forbes at all costs. Don't let him leave because the ACC needs some characters. I I will say this: at the Final Four last year, it definitely had that K. Roy feel with Larinaga of everyone asking him questions about the state of the game Mm -hmm. and the ACC, and he was embracing that because Tony ain't going to answer those questions. No, Tony has got no time for that. No interest. Mike Young would, if Virginia yeah, Tech made it to a true. Final Four. Like, I, yeah. we'll protect protect Mike Young. Throw him in there. Well, well that's big. That's, that's big Mike Young. He, he gets Julio's in the uh, he gets in the escape capsule when the <laughs> when the the ACC planet explodes. He can he can come with us to the new All right. planet. All right, Luke, go enrich the ACC tip off. I'm not chasing money. I'm chasing success. <laughs> Later, man. I mean, hey, if you work for the NNO, you better look at it that way. <laughs> Again, big thanks to Luke DeCock for hanging out with us here on Ovis and Julio. It's funny, as people have come by our area, they keep looking at the, the money. Like, oh, okay, I get the wine. I get the Texas Pete. What are the ones for? 
And every time you explain, Joe, what the ones are for, the look on people's faces are priceless. Yeah. Like, yeah, you two think you're so cute. <laughs> Aren't we? Think you're so clever. You're not nearly as clever as you think you are. Speaking of saving money, you want to hit up Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Uh, you want to get to the source of some potential home issues before oh, yeah. they become super expensive <laughs> down the line. So that's where Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority can help you out. Yeah, go to bugsbite.com. There are all kinds of coupons, all kinds of ways to save money, not only on the bugs, which are important. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to diminish that. But especially during the winter, you'll notice the moisture becomes a big problem. And you don't want that because, again, this we're talking about your number one investment. You need to protect your house. Best way to do that is to make sure no mold, no mildew, no moisture. So go to bugsbite.com, save yourself money, and protect your house. Big thanks to Breeze Through. they got a cool contest going on right now, Howl at the Moon. And Breeze Through, ahead of the homecoming game with Clemson, wants you to go to the arena store the Carter Finley uh, Arena store yeah. and go ahead and get yourself a house. They got great local craft beer from Trophy. They got Trophy Wife. They got Vicious Fishes Octopils, which is a great beer-flavored beer. Uh, R&D Riviera, Mother Earth. They got the Cersei Seltzers as well. Uh, you get that howler. You snap a pic of it in front of this new mural that's mm. outside the store. Post it to Instagram with the hashtag Howl at the Moon and tag at Breeze Through NC at Breeze Through with a U and see, and if you're following them, then uh, they'll pick you for a potential opportunity to be a part of the freeze crew. Four tickets to a Carolina Hurricanes game. You get to ride the Olympia. It's a fantastic time. Yeah, I'm going over to the arena Friday for hockey, going to football on Saturday. So, you know, all of my pregame stops and postgame because, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we forget you do need gas. You do need gas. So go check them out uh, right there behind uh, Carter Finley Stadium on Edwards Mill in Trinity Road. And big thanks to Butcher's Market for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. The weather is lovely right now. You might want to go back outside and grill. John Shire, big grill guy, as we're going to find out uh, on tomorrow's episode. And they've got what you need. And if you want to entertain, they've got great appetizers as well. So go check out the Butcher's Market. And we'll get out of here with some Hey Joe questions. Uh, response to some of the things that we talked about on yesterday's show. Thanks to Anthony Oakwood over at Oakwood Pizza Box. It's a Wednesday. So that's how I know what day of the week it is based on when <laughs> Oakland Pizza Box is open. You know, go over for dinner tonight. Get yourself in there again. So just, just chill. Just relax. Yeah, man, get yourself good. a square pizza. Maybe a little salad. We had, we had a big conversation last week and pick some pizza about what's, what goes on with that salad. So um, OakwoodPizzaBox.com. All right. To the YouTubes uh, where we talked about ECU and App State having down football seasons and the reasons why they're different for both but same at the same time. Okay. Uh, from Michael, despite the horrible season, ECU is still close to the top of G5 attendance rankings. I mean, sure, in terms of actual paid attendance. The culture is still there, but the fan base has been worn down after constant always the bridesmaid, never the bride when it comes to realignment over the last 30 years. And that, that was my larger point about where things are with ECU. And that eventually does beat you down as the conference you're in can never stay the same. To your point about opponents, who would you rather see? They might be Sunbelt teams that you want to see more often than Nacho. Yeah, I, I'm not pretending to have the magical answers for either not. one of those programs. I, I, they're in difficult positions, and I really do wish there was an irate Gilio conference because they would. <laughs> I would include both of them in my irate Gilio conference. I love the passion that their fans have, but you know, there's just a lot to it, and. ECU is in a spot right now where they are down mm -hmm. and the schedule is, was set up in a way that the home schedule is not very appealing. Uh, then to open the year at Michigan, who I believe is going to win the national title. That was a challenge. And, you know, you add all the other things in there and you're just looking at it and going, you can get, you could be bleak. Mm -hmm. about, oh, it's never going to be this. It's never going to be that. Truth of the matter is Mike Houston's a really good coach. And I think he'll probably have to tweak his staff. I think the truth of the matter is, I, if you you have a guy there who can solve those problems, I like Sean Clark too. Yeah, at App can, State, I know App State fans have a standard. I know they get a little upset. Yeah, there was a comment but, from App State, like what fans need to realize is Sean Clark is an App State lifer. Yeah. not sure if his goal is ever to get a more high-profile job. Most coaches have that success at App State, and they will parlay that into a P5 job. Hello, uh, Eli Drinkwitz. Hello, Scott Satterfield, who took the program to where it needed to be, and he left for Louisville. Um, so, Which yeah. is why I think that that program is in the situation that it's in. It just mm -hmm. hasn't had any continuity. I think if you give Clark a chance to get some of his recruits in there, 
I think the reality of that situation is they they can still get back to the level that they were at, which is dominating that league. To uh, our mixtape winner, Alex, who is a UNCC guy, he said, ECU should never lose at home to Charlotte. The Biff disrespect. And of course, another user came in missing out on Biff because he has quite the story. Too much app and ECU talk. Not enough Biff. The Biff hive is out there, Joe. Love it. Alex is leading the Biff hive. Love man. it. I love it. They Gotta got love something to see going that. on there. Uh, from Scott App and ECU won't be able to uh, compete in the NIL era. Their best players will leave for more money. I mean, you made this point as it relates to ECU. ECU missing some guys and offensive linemen, Oregon and, and Auburn. I mean, yeah, that's difficult. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I would love to see a situation where ECU could have a player like a Holden Nailers and reward that player. Yeah. I mean, that's where I think of NIL as an actual advantage. But the truth of the matter is, there's probably only one or two of those players that you're mm-hmm. going to be able to reward. And then you are, and if you're good enough, which they've been, you're going to lose players. I mean, it's part of it. NC State is going to lose players. Carolina is going to lose players. I mean, Carolina's secondaries literally all over college football right now. <laughs> And they were all highly rated recruits. So it's not like it's not a one way deal. Again, I'll get into this as I've tried to, you know, caution some NC State fans about if you're not Auburn, I mean, excuse me, if you're not Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, like every three or four years, you're going to have this situation where you're you're fighting through it. That's going to wrap it up for today's edition. We will see you all tomorrow. We'll have our conversations with Armando. It's a big four day. It's a big four day. Armando Baycott at North Carolina, Kevin Keats from NC State, John Shire from Duke, Steve Forbes from Wake Forest. Very big four vibes. And we'll also give you a rundown as to who accepted what from our ACC expansion welcome table. See you all then. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.